The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpasportsmed to learn more. Just a couple of sports writers in street clothes and slippers today waiting for the next round of high school football games to kick in. Welcome all to the weekly frenzy known as the PA High School Football Report podcast. We are powered by Live and the Patriot News. I'm Eric Epler alongside colleague Dan Sostek. Good afternoon, Dan. How are things over uh, there? Going well, you know. It's uh, still, still nice and bright out after a dreary day yesterday, but... You kind of forget how busy the football season keeps you until until it gets here, and uh, it's a good busy, but it's a busy nonetheless. Yeah, it's interesting. We went through lightning and rain, a six-game showcase event over two days down at Chambersburg High School. We survived week one uh, of the PA high school football season. There were a few surprise finishes, Dan, obviously, and a lot of good, robust action on the gridiron, so we thought we'd focus on that word surprise this week which uh which five athletes were on our surprise list and of course which five programs achieved the same uh, level of surprise for us as always no consultation needed between myself and dan we like to keep this thing pure if we run over each other it's picks well company insurance usually (laughs) provides for that so we will uh we're gonna get started dan you're gonna let's just dump right in um, to the deep end, and uh, give me your first surprise footballer of week um, one. I'm going to go down down um, to Palmyra and Juan Figueroa, running back for the Cougars. Uh, didn't know too much about this kid, and then you kind of you kind of start compiling uh, you start compiling the stats at the end of the night, and uh, I think he might have led all the mid pen rushers in rushing yards uh, this past week. Got 157 in a win over and a win over Lebanon, and caught caught a touchdown. Ran for one. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give a shout-out to kind of, you know, a school that, you know, is a is a solid program, but we don't talk about them all the time. But it's a good first game for the Cougars, and uh, they've got an emerging running back back there in Juan Figueroa. Yeah, that's a really good uh, good start for Paul Meyer, too. I mean, it's been – it's obviously it's been a lot of ups and downs for Paul Meyer the last, I don't know, half dozen years, things yeah. like that. So uh, to get that kind of performance out of Figueroa to start is uh, is tremendous for them. I'm going to start mine with with a known product, but uh, but this was a sort of a surprise for me from what I saw. Uh, and again, it's week one. There is no time to panic. Um, your your quote unquote leading guys leading into the season have plenty of time to to kind of kick up the tires and, and put some deep stats uh, on the line. But Tyshawn Russell for me, uh, the wideout for Bishop McDevitt. Uh, it, it's not like Russell just suddenly you know appeared from thin air. Uh, obviously, but when you go eight for one fifty five at a tutty versus that secondary yeah. uh, of Imhotep Charter, um, that was a huge surprise yep. to me. Uh, just just that overall stat line. I mean, I like I said, I, I, I guess I, I, most people like like most people. I think you would you would have figured that a guy like Rico Scott or maybe even Jeff Penn or Devin Hopkins, who was coming back obviously from injury. Uh, you know, to kind of set that tone in the wide receiver core. But uh, Russell just had a tremendous game against, uh, you know, arguably the best secretary, uh, you know, secondary in the state um, and and gave them, really did give them a chance to win. Um, 
down there against Imhotep Charter. It was a 19-14 final. It was a whale of a physical ball game. But uh, Russell's obviously a guy, Dan, who's going to play at the next level. I think he's got uh, Maine and Central Michigan offers uh, so far. But some of the routes he did and some of the catches he made, especially that one uh, late in the fourth quarter there to kind of keep keep momentum alive or keep the rally alive for McDevitt, uh, was just tremendous. So he's yeah, my that's first good. That's the, uh, our first overlap. I also had Tyshawn Russell, especially because, you know, he kind of – it wasn't Rico Scott's best game um, uh, in, that, in that contest, their top receiver. Right. And Stone Saunders kind of needed another guy to step up, especially, you know, last year they had Mario Easterly who was really his go-to guy kind of in – and I, I was kind of saying during that game, man, they're kind of missing that Mario Easterly role of a guy that can just, you know, kind of go a little more over the middle rather than just kind of deep threat and yard after catch stuff. And I thought Russell did a really great job in that game, kind of really getting that, getting kind of some chunk plays when it felt like the offense was sputtering a little bit. So I think that's a, I think that's a really good pick. Um, yeah. So I guess for my second pick, I'm going to go with a quarterback, uh, and this one's uh, Camp Hill's Drew Branstetter. Uh, it's not. It's actually not a. It's a surprise in some ways in that uh, head coach Tim Bigelow. He he seems pretty high on this kid. He's got a good size. He's a six-two guy with a good arm. Um, but he had a really nice game um, opening the season against a, a Liberty Division opponent, um, Newport. Obviously, Camp Hill not in the Liberty, but it's a mid-pen Liberty team. Uh, threw for three touchdowns and two hundred ninety-one yards. Uh, ran for another. It was a good start for Camp Hill for a team, you know, I don't know if sleeping on is the right term, but I, they're kind of, you know, they're always going to, they're kind of a smaller team, smaller roster than some of these other mid-pen teams. So it's really good for them to get off to a good start. And um, I thought that that was a really, you know, encouraging sign for a sophomore quarterback uh, and Brandstetter. So I think, I don't know if surprise is the exact right word, but it was a good showing for a sophomore quarterback for a team like that. Yeah, I think we're taking a little liberty with the word surprise but for why it sort of surprises. But you're right about Branson and you're right about Camp Hill. I mean, Camp Hill is a team, too. When you don't, you know, when you're a smaller school and not yeah. a ton of size, you know, you've got to sort of play wide open and sort of wild, wild west the, the game plan a little bit and, and, and really try to outscore your opponents. Um, and that's really what, you know, Branson is kind mm-hmm. of that mold. You know, he can kind of whip it around and. You've got guys like Doy running around, and you've got some other athletes there that they can they can certainly hurry up and uh, and get some points on the board. So that's it's a really good start for Drew, and obviously for the Lions. I'm going to stick Dan with Kent with a mm-hmm. with a quarterback. Uh, my guy is from Milton Hershey, uh, Kenneth or Kenny Emil. Uh, this was a this was a big redemption sort of year for Emil. You know, he never really made it back last season after suffering a high ankle sprain. Uh, mid-season, uh, he, you know, he was on the field versus Redland in the regular season finale, but he was basically used primarily as a decoy. He wasn't fully ready to kind of cut and move like he's supposed, you know, like a quarterback needs to do. So just when he sort of started to get comfortable, uh, you know, in 2021, boom, the injury hit. And, and of course, him getting off to a four-touchdown performance uh, versus Susquehanna Township on opening week, uh, was really the perfect start for him. It was interesting in the preseason when I talked to him, you know, he, he listed these team goals, you know, first, like a good quarterback, you know, w- would do. Uh, and then I kind of just casually asked him, hey, listen, what, what personal, what, what do you want to try to achieve personal-wise? You know, any kind of goal you have. And he said, 
I would love to have a 20 touchdown season. So the kid is 20% there after <laughs> one week. So good for him. And obviously they're going to need a, and Milton Hershey needs a big year out of him, a solid sturdy season out of their quarterback, uh, you know, to kind of make, make some hay there and, and the colonial and obviously, I'm sorry, in the, uh, in the Keystone and, and to kind of generate some steam, you know, hopefully moving into the playoffs. So they're going to need a big year out of him. So great start for that kid. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good pick. Um, so my fourth pick, because we already overlapped on one, mine's kind of a different one just because, you know, a more of a an expanded role um, from what we've seen from this guy. That's Mason Yone from uh, Northern uh, because, you know, yeah. he's been known for a while as one of the best kickers and punters in the area. This year he's not just that. He had four catches for 83 yards and a touchdown uh, in Northern's win over Redland this past week. He returning punts and how many punters in our in uh, the mid pen are punting and returning punts? I mean, you see, I mean, you see a couple, exactly. you know, um, when the team doesn't have a kicker or punter and they kind of use him like that. But Mason Young's a he's a guy that's going to be kicking or punting at the next level. He's also returning them, so I think that kind of we always knew he was a good athlete, but I didn't realize he was a good enough athlete to be returning punts and kicks and catching, uh, tallying 83 receiving yards. So there, there were a couple kids uh, that kind of surprised me with their roles. Um, it was kind of the reverse of Stone Saunders, who we found out was the starting punter for Bishop McDevitt this year. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with Mason. I think that's a, that's a fun little wrinkle for a Northern team that I think is going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, that's an excellent pick. Uh, before we take a quick break, I- I'm going to go with a guy that you featured. Uh, you wrote a big feature about, uh, and, and it was the word "big" is good. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> Big Oak. Uh, Tyler Merrill out of Cumberland Valley. If you haven't read Dan's story, go back on Pen Live and find it. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Tyler is a big, big cat, six foot five, three hundred plus pounds, uh, freshman. Uh, he certainly looks the part. And Dan, he started at left tackle yeah. for Cumberland Valley. And it was interesting to me uh, that the first offensive play that Cumberland Valley ran was off left tackle. So, uh, so obviously, tr- putting that trust in a freshman in the first play of the game, uh, I think, kind of speaks volume on on how uh, how comfortable Josh Oswald is at at at, uh, at working this big uh, freshman out. Um, he obviously is, is is wind isn't there yet. Um, you know, he platooned quite a bit. Uh, but he was in there on some key, some key drives uh, for Cumberland Valley, and um, he is going to be a force to reckon with. Because I tell you what, Manhattan Town is always a team that's usually physical, even if you, even if you got twenty, thirty pounds on them, or you know, in, in Big Oak's case, fifty, sixty pounds on the guy you're facing. They're usually very physical around the edges, and uh, yeah. he held his own. He certainly held his own in that victory on uh, on Friday night. So. That uh, that's my third uh, surprise guy is, yeah, uh, is and... Big Oak. Dan, we'll get, we'll get to your we'll get to your next pick in a sec. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com/centralpa/sportsmed to learn more. All right, we're back with the High School Football uh, Report podcast. Uh, Dan Sostek alongside Eric Epler here. Uh, we were talking about surprise athletes in week one. Guys who maybe caught our eye for, for various reasons. Um, we're we're kind of in the middle of each guy's list. 
Uh, we have not consulted with each other, so we've only got one bump over uh, so far. So, Dan, um, who's I think your next this is guy? actually my last one. I think that there's number five for me, so you'll go back to back of this. Okay. I'm going with Michael Jones running back for Cedar Cliff um, because Cedar Cliff, uh, they dropped their game to Shippensburg, which I don't think based on if you looked at how many guys and the specific guys each team lost, I don't think it was that, much, that surprising of a result. But I think Michael Jones, uh, it was a pretty encouraging first game for him replacing our offensive player of the year last year in Jonte Morris, who graduated. Uh, Jones had 87 yards on 14 carries against a really good defense in uh, Shippensburg. And so I, I think that's a really, I, I think it's surprising that they were kind of able to get that rushing production in that tough of a matchup with a first time starter in week one. Um, I think if you're the Colts, you have to be pretty encouraged with that result, even though it's a loss, even though it was a double digit loss, I think, they hung around. It was basically an eight-minute drive at the end of the game that kind of um, put the game out of reach. So I, th- I think if you're uh, Colin Gillen, you're really happy with Michael Jones' performance in that day. I think you might have – you're probably not going to have another Jonte Morris. So those guys, guys don't come around every, every, uh, every year. But right. I think you've got a really capable running back uh, here in Michael Jones, and I think that's a good, a good sign. And um, I, I'll admit I was kind of surprised they were able to get that rushing production. Even It wasn't a – like a 200 yard game. It wasn't three touchdowns or anything like that, but it was an efficient performance from a, a new starter. So I, I think that's a good sign for them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dan, my, my number four guy is, uh, is obviously a, a well-known commodity and it's wide receiver, yeah. Irby Weller for Shippensburg. So we're going to keep in that game that you just talked about. The production from Weller obviously is no surprise. Uh, but the more I see Tucker Chamberlain, sort of progress as a quarterback, uh, the more I think Weller really could break sometime, some type mm-hmm. of season record. Uh, I, I'm talking like on a, skate, on a statewide scale. I'm not talking just Shippensburg program. Uh, I know Eric Faust <laughs> loves to run the football. He's got two or three proven guys, including, including your boy <laughs> Diesel, to kind of run up the middle. Um, but you know, I, I'm talking like 122 receptions is a state record for single season. I don't think mm-hmm. that's out of reach for a guy like Weller. If, 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 you know, like I said, if Faust sort of keeps the, keeps the pedal down, uh, you always wonder when these game situations, you know, Faust is not a guy to run up the score. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's not likely that you're going to see many 10 or 12 game or 12 reception games out of Irby, but. This is a guy who could who could possibly pass the 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 gold standard, which is uh, Cody Gustafson in that program from you know fifth, what I think he was fifteen hundred yeah. plus yards in twenty sixteen. Um, Weller has that capability, um, and of course, with a trigger man like Chamberlain, th- th- I can easily see some two hundred yard plus or three hundred yard plus performance by this kid somewhere down the road here. Uh, you know, Gustafson, I think, is sixth or seventh best all time mm-hmm. in a single season for yardage. So, um, again, I know the Hounds love to run the football. Faust <laughs> loves to just run downhill and squeeze out games and kill the clock. I mean, that's that's his that's their mo. But man, this is the type of offense too, and a type of schedule that they're playing. That you know, teams are going to barrel up on the line of scrimmage to try to stop yeah. those guys. So. Uh, I would look for Weller to have a, a, a spectacular uh, end-of-season yeah, stat. And you kind of mentioned it. Sure. One of the ways records, specifically passing records, are broken is with the connection, right, between the quarterback and the wide receiver. And those kids have yes. been playing with each other since, uh, you know, 
they were they were you know in kids smalls and whatnot they've been they've been playing with each other since they were like yep. eight years old they've got that you know they've got that innate connection with each other and i think that that is a prime recipe for you know record-breaking type season so i, I think that's a good call yeah and my last guy dan we don't and it's, it's basically a two-way ace that I don't think we talk enough about, um, and it's it's running back and linebacker Alexander mm-hmm. Yost from Altoona. Uh, again, Altoona being so far away, they are mid-pen. Um, when they walked in, they were struggling mightily in the Commonwealth Division. Uh, now they've got some more legs behind them a little bit. Um, they're a much better competitor uh, than they have been. So, But we certainly don't talk about Yost. Uh, enough and Altoona has a pretty good nucleus right now and and Yost is kind of front and center in that he just mm-hmm. makes big plays on, on both sides of the ball and you know I mean does Altoona have enough overall to kind of challenge in the Commonwealth no they don't but but these are guys too that 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 might be a stern test for you know the 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 Commonwealth teams trying to get to that to, to that upper level uh and this year I'm talking about the CD East and the Central Dolphins even um, you know, State College is 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 clearly the District Six Six A you know favorite uh, to come out of there and make the state bracket. But um, you know, who knows? I mean, if, if Yost keeps doing what he's doing, and they've got a couple other guys too that that are really really strong football players, uh, that that District Six final uh, should likely be Altoona and State College, and that may be a dandy in a, you know in ten yeah. week ten weeks from now. So. Uh, yeah, pay attention to Yost. He, he's every every week, every week he he he's he puts his handprint on every game that is, even a loss. Um, he's a he's a kid we yeah, should be talking about. That's a good call. Like you said, Altoona's definitely they're on the right trajectory. I think, and you know, it's a it's a good yes. place to be when you know it might not necessarily be about winning. You know, a mid pen title or something like that, but it's about every single game you have a chance to win. And I think that's where they're at right now. And I think that's, that's kind of how you start that development. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And it is too, for those teams and even teams like yeah. Juniata district six state college, Altoona, Mifflin County district six, you got line mountain district four, you know, for them, it's about, yeah. Winning division mm-hmm. titles is great, but you know, it's all about gaining steam, you know, for that postseason for that one, you know, 48 minute game where maybe you play boom. And next thing you know, you, you're making state. So that's a, that's an important, that's the important yeah. hurdle for those guys. So, all right, well, we gave you a couple surprising guys uh, from week one. Let's move to surprising teams. And Dan, we'll start all right, with you. My first well. pick, I'm going to go to Franklin County and pick the Greencastle Antrim Blue Devils. I, I, I actually picked this one right in our uh, weekly picks. So maybe it should, it's not surprising to me, I guess, because I picked it right, but, but I think, it was, um, <laughs> I think they were the underdogs in this game. Um, they beat Big Spring, who uh, had a, coming off a really good season last year where Big Spring beat Steel High last I mean, so it's a Greencastle. I think head coach Devin McCauley's really been trying to build that program up over the past year since he's taken over. And I think this has kind of been the most confident he's been in a team since he's been here. I think last year their record was a bit misleading. They lost a lot of one-possession games. Um, I th- believe they finished four and six on the year and could have easily been six and four if a couple, you know, late game situations went differently. But I'm telling you right now, they've got one of the better, probably more underrated running backs 
in the mid pen and Tavon Cooper. I think this guy's legit. He's been legit since he's been there. He's kind of played behind David Niebauer for a while. Uh, David Niebauer is now gone, and it's mm-hmm. Cooper's backfield. I think he had 140 yards in this win. They've also got Austin Wyand, who had a punt return or a kick return touchdown in this game. They're just a lot more electric than they've been in years past, and I think the offensive line is really there. I think they can play the way um, Devin wants them to play, which is you know run the ball kind of in creative ways, get the ball to a bunch of different people in creative ways. And it, I, I think that they're going to be a team that, you know, I don't think a ton of people had them as being a colonial player. And I think they might be a colonial player. I don't know if they'll win the division, especially with Shippensburg there, but I think they're going to be a lot tougher than people think. Well, I think the, the most important thing you said there, at least to me, was the fact that Devin can actually call a play and yeah. move that offense around. And move those guys around. It's no longer just the smash wing T. And if yep, that doesn't work, exactly. you're screwed. You know, because it's just you can't just change philosophies all of a sudden in the middle of a game and adapt. You gotta you gotta actually make them make the other team play your way. So having that versatility, I think, is huge. And you're right, Taven Cooper's been tremendous. And uh I, I'm gonna stick to that mm-hmm. game and go the flip side. Uh my big surprise was Big Spring. I thought the overall performance um versus a very good Greencastle team was just a major letdown um that surprised me I mean I give all the credit in the world to the Blue Devils absolutely but but I thought of you know a fairly seasoned offensive line number one could at least dent GA enough to put some more points on the board uh than 13 and and and, you know now these guys got to go and play Shippensburg for the little brown jug game uh, which Shippensburg basically, you know, <laughs> flying at 30,000 feet, yeah. just cruising nicely. And, and, you know, and, and, and here you are, you haven't even taken off yet. So to me, that was a big surprise. I thought there'd be, a, I thought that'd be a heck of a lot closer football game and I actually thought big spring would win that football game. Uh, so to me, yeah. that was a big surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I guess that's kind of why we both picked it, right. Is, it was surprising a little on both ends. It was yep. it wasn't just one performance. It was both of them. Um, my second pick is I'm going to go with East Pensboro. I uh, I think that York Suburban's not not is you know they're not a rollover type team, and I think East Pensboro was either um, they were we picked them bottom three or the coaches picked them bottom three um, bottom three this year, and they came out with a really solid performance in week one. I believe it was the program's 350th career win. Uh, 350th win in program history. Um, they're they're yep. uh, got a nice running back, Dakota Campbell. I just think that was a really good win for a Panthers program that has been kind of, you know, they've been kind of around that 500 mark the last few years. They've had some good players come through the program. They've had some players leave. They lost Devin Shepard this year. So it's good to see them, you know, get off to a good start um, against, the, like I said, a pretty solid team with a, uh, Mikey uh, Bentevegna on York Suburban is a pretty good running back they have there, and they kept him in check. While Keith Oates, uh, Keith Oates had um, yep. quarterback had, I think like 200 yards of total offense. So I think that was a nice, kind of surprising win for the Panthers, uh, at least in kind of how easy it was for them. And I think that's a good sign for them. Do Do we undervalue the Panthers every yeah we might we might because they happen to they happen to be yeah. my second pick as well my second surprise team. I don't know. So, I mean, I mean, everyone can, can agree that one victory over York Suburban, you know, obviously doesn't make a season. But I but I don't think anyone no. expected a 20-point margin 
on on this football game because, like you said, York Suburban, you know, while while they may not be considered one of the upper echelon teams, they will come, they will compete, they will fight you, they are physical, and uh, for East Penn to get off to that kind of, um, you know, work off that kind of performance in Week One uh, was very impressive to me for all the guys that you mentioned and and more. So. Obviously, the schedule gets a lot tougher in the coming weeks, but I, I always feel like I'm surprised by East Penn early on, and, and maybe I should stop feeling that way um, and, and maybe give them a little bit more credit um, once we get there. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's it's always interesting to me to see, to see East Pennsboro. So, all right, I'm going to continue here. I'm going to loop up, take over the control here. Uh, number three is Hershey for me, Dan. Uh, it's true that the Trojans kind of lost to Gettysburg, uh, 25-14, but I, I like what at least what Hershey tried to accomplish offensively. Uh, when the rushing game obviously was going nowhere, uh, they still competed until Bo Heiser's fourth quarter TD, TD run sort of essentially knocked them out of reach. Um, but Hershey is going to have to kind of manipulate their game plans in-game all season uh, in order to kind of generate these chances to win. Um, and again, this may not have been a, a game, a winnable game for Hershey as it played out, but again, they might not have had these options in, in years past. So I like the fact that, um, that Hershey is involved. So my fourth team, Dan, I'm going to go with West Perry. Um, I kind of put West Perry in that bubble with East Penn. Uh, and even though we've written a ton about guys like Marcus Quaker and Trent Herrera, I still feel like those guys and more kind of take two steps forward each week, and they do it kind of under the radar. So all in all, it was a solid opening for West Perry, but Susquehanna is very young, uh, and a few and the next few jobs are going to get a lot more stressful. Uh, we are having technical difficulties with Dan here. He's trying to get back on, so I'm going to keep it rolling uh, while he's trying to fix that. So my last team, Dan, is uh, CD East. I mentioned the Panthers. Uh, because of their early struggles versus a Reading team that, that surely should have been overmatched in the opening kickoff. Uh, but that said, the Panthers parlayed a very good rush attack uh, led by Nehemiah Yule uh, into a 31-12 victory over the Knights. I mean, down the road, any slow start is going to cost the Panthers a, a lot more than it did um, on Friday night. But I would, I would think that's a pretty valuable lesson that those guys learned here in Week 1 uh, to start things out. All right, so while Dan's still trying to get it, we will try to get him back. But I'm going to look at uh, the one state game that we're talking about right now. Is, uh, let's see if I got him back. Did I have him back? Uh, well, you have, you have me back for now. I guess uh, our recording uh, our recording app uh, melted down my phone. So we'll see how much longer that before that happens again. Nice. All right, well, I went through my last three uh, surprise teams, Dan. So I'm going to give it to you for the next minute or two. And give, give me your last three surprise teams. All right, well, my number... My number three is Milton Hershey. I think that uh, I I don't think anyone kind of saw that game coming uh, against a pretty talented Susquehanna Township team. I think you mentioned obviously Kenny Emil, who um who really kind of took another step forward in that game. I think Angel Roberts is another guy that's you're going to be hearing a lot more from them. He's a really talented player. Uh, so I just think that was a really really nice win for for Milton Hershey to kind of you know get that kind of get that not just a win, but a big win over, uh, another, another talented team. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one of them. My second, my second pick, uh, uh, my second surprise was steel, uh, steel high just because 
I think that we all kind of, we all knew what type of good team they were. Um, but I think I was surprised the way they won their game, which wasn't uh, what it wasn't Alex Irby thrown for 350 yards. And, you know, obviously they're playing a really good team in Bishop Canavan. So um, you don't expect that, but they won that game grinding it out. Uh, they got they're They were smaller, uh, smaller roster than uh, Bishop Canavan in, in terms of numbers. So they were kind of getting more tired in that game. They held on in a miraculous fashion where, Canavan snaps the ball, uh, spikes the ball on fourth down, but they were tough throughout that game. Uh, they won the game basically on the back of a Jakai Nas quarter where he just went insane, catching a touchdown pass, running for a touchdown pass, and a pick six, all for Nas. Those are all the points they had all game. But I think they showed something on defense. I think they showed kind of that they have they have it what it takes to win games in kind of in. Uh, unconventional fashion, um, which is something that, you know, Steel High kind of needs when they get to these points when they're not playing, you know, single eight, when they're not playing, uh, you know, division games in the mid pen and they start playing some of the better 1A teams in the state. So uh, kind of surprising in that regard. And then my third pick was Boiling Springs, just because I don't think we knew too much about what Boiling Springs is going to look like this year. They lost a lot of talent. They lost. Uh, Joey Mankey, Colin Lundy, uh, they lost a lot of guys this year and it didn't look like they lost anybody. Uh, they won their game 60. They put up 66 points on Littletown, um, yeah. literally did whatever they wanted. Again, uh, it's, it's kind of tough with some of these performances cause you don't, it's, you don't know how much it translates to, you know, when you get into the tough division games, but you can only go with, with what we've got on paper. And I think, um, I think it was surprising that there was no sort of, no sort of you know easing easing in period they just kind of right where they ended last year is one of the best teams in the mid pen well probably one of the most underrated teams in the mid pen uh, i feel like i i honestly feel like we probably didn't talk enough about the, them on podcasts and whatnot either last year after the season they had so i think that was a surprise as well that uh you know with all the new players they still look just as good yeah completely agree with boiling springs they were they were the uh cd of the other division yeah. Um, it's just complete mystery uh, when you lose that much, that much hammer, uh, you know, <laughs> and, oh, and, and whatever other tool you want to call yeah. it. I mean, that was a, they were a mystery to me, but I mean, you know, obviously a Brad Zell coach team is going to be prepared, but 66 dropping 66 in week one is pretty impressive. No matter who you're playing. Um, well, they always say, you know, you make your biggest improvement between week one and week two. So we're going to find that out, but we're going to mention two quick games. Um, Maybe they're two quick games, or maybe the same one. I don't know. We don't talk to each other before this. <laughs> so uh, about uh, the one state game we're most interested in. For me, it's a D3 game. It's Cumberland Valley at Central York. Uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock. I think this is a big, big game for Cumberland I'll Valley. I'll as, as it pertains to the regular season. Yes, Dan, you will be covering it for Penn Live. It's certainly a big game for Oswald, even though he's going to downplay that connection, yeah. uh, being the former coach at Central York. But Central York piled up 320-plus rushing yards against CD last week. Um, Manhattan Township obviously couldn't move a tank through CB's <laughs> defense on the ground a week ago. So can the Eagles hold that line once again and do enough offensively uh, to start the season 2-0? and I really think this is kind of a trigger point. You don't want to really say that it's week two, like it matters. But this, I think this game really matters to come in the Valley and and where they wind up finishing uh, in the Commonwealth Division. And, and who knows? Maybe it's at the top. Yeah. 
Uh, obviously, we have Harrisburg penciled in as the you know the odds-on favorite, but you know State College is there, Cumberland Valley is rising, um, so you don't really know yet. So I think, but I think it's pivotal for Cumberland Valley here to come, to walk out with a W. I think if they do, sky's the limit for this team. Uh, so I'll be interested. Central York is no joke. Really strong program. They do a lot of really good things. They don't kill themselves with penalties and things like that. So I'll be looking forward to seeing how yours uh, yours heads up. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think I've been kind of on the Cumberland Valley sleeper train for a while now, but this is this <laughs> is a big game. They they played um, last year's Central York team kind of tough for a little bit, um, and when they had Bo Perula. Um, so I think I think there's there's a little bit of you know. Oswald knows a little how the how the uh, the cookie crumbles there a little, and so maybe he has some tricks up his sleeve to kind of take advantage of that more now that there's more continuity. Uh, my pick is just it's more just a picking a team that hasn't played yet, um, and mm-hmm. it's it's not Harrisburg surprisingly enough. Uh, I feel like we talk enough about Harrisburg and how good of a program that right. is. I'm going to Western PA. Maybe it's because it's the backyard brawl tomorrow, and I want to pick a Pittsburgh area team. Um, but, uh, I'm going with Aliquippa making their season debut this year. They're playing Armstrong, who's one and zero on the year. And I just think the quips, you know, you know, they're, I, they're, I would say there's probably a handful of schools in the entire country that are built with like the, whatever the Aliquippa quips are built with. There is just a different level of like grit and toughness and just nastiness in the best way possible. They are, they've got to be one of the mentally toughest programs in the state, in the state and in the country. And obviously coming off a state title win over a much, uh, a kind of a bigger roster in Bishop McDevitt. Um, they're going to probably going to be right back there <laughs> this year too. Cause so many of those guys are back as Tiki Hayes, Cameron Lindsay, those guys. Um, so I'm just excited to see if this is the start of basically a multi-year stretch for them where they are just, you know, an unbeatable, unbeatable powerhouse of however small their their school is, because it's a, it really is just incredible to see what happens, uh, what what they do there in Alquip. It's one of it's a it is a true definition of a football town, and um, I think they're I think they're gonna be fun to watch all year. Listen, when I came onto the scene, you know, back like in the Reagan administration, <laughs> that's how long it's been. I mean, we were talking about Alquip then. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's just unbelievable. You know, and these guys just are—I mean, they are built to stay. Man. Yeah, they just yeah. are. It's—I mean—and Armstrong's a good football team, but man, you might want to just steer the bus in another direction. Yeah. Just really, this is a really strong team. Yeah. Uh, it's a good pick, Dan. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Quips have because uh, we we may be uh, seeing them again sometime in December. Yeah. That's just just a wild <laughs> guess on, on my yeah. part. So. All right, that'll do it for this week two edition of PA High School Football Report. Thanks for playing along. Uh, be sure to check Penn Live for all your high school football needs. Uh, and feel free to drop us a question or comment via email, uh, eepler at penlive.com or dsostic at penlive.com. We'll try to answer uh, all your questions on next week's podcast. Go enjoy some football, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining. UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more.